Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Come to you from underneath the peach blossom. It's time for an episode of Be Awesome. Find positivity throughout your life and work. Just like our mascot rooster, Steve the Jerk. Hello, Be Awesome listeners, followers, uh, people that like the Facebook page and everything else we do on social media. I'm your host, Joshua Peach, and we are here for another episode in the ECAT Podcast Studio in Easton, Massachusetts. And this is a podcast uh, probably close to three years in the making. Uh, For those of you that have listened to the podcast, when uh, the COVID uh, quarantine happened in 2020, in March of 2020, uh, I was sidelined from my, my day job of uh, traveling and doing keynotes and uh, started doing work with the local chamber of commerce, uh, which I've become a board member of since. And one of the things that I offered because um, everybody was hurting at the time was I offered to any Easton business, basically anybody in Easton that wanted to share a story that uh, was happy, upbeat, and wanted to talk about the business that they do and promote them, they were welcome to come on. And my guest today, uh, and I'm going to call you Auntie Zaza, right? That's Goodness. that's what we're going to go by. That's all right. Good. So my my guest today, Auntie Zaza, was on one of the webinars that we had for the chamber, and she had a six foot tall knitting needle behind her in the camera, and uh, which I had to ask questions about. And um, after the fact, Auntie Zaza said, "I'd love to be on the podcast." And for three years, we've had. Uh, challenges with scheduling i got back on the road and finally we are here uh well waited for excited to have you on we're going to learn a whole lot about you and what you do and uh and downtown we'll talk about a whole bunch of things but first and foremost uh auntie zaza thank you for coming in and making some time with us thank you so much josh been looking forward to getting to be with you. You're the first sometime. <laughs> first guest that brought in a, a pad of notes. This is fantastic. Like I got all this, to, got a whole list of things that I could go off of here. But uh, no, this is this is great. So first, what what is it? Auntie Zaza's is a business is is in town. Um, what is it? How did it come about? What do you do? And then we can uh, talk more about it. Uh, Auntie Zaza's Fiberworks and Yarn Shop is a specialty yarn shop. Uh, It's right next door to Farmer's Daughter across the street from the uh, old grammar school. And um, we specialize in obviously selling specialty yarns to knitters and crocheters and weavers, needle felters, and we'll just call it in general fiber enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to that, we offer educational programs. There are weekly classes, workshops, um, special events, and a number of activities that happen throughout the year that we get excited about, like the uh, Greater Boston Yarn Crawl and... The Greater Boston Yarn Crawl. Yeah, Ball. the South Shore Yarn Hall. So <laughs> we like yarn. And yeah. we have this ritual of uh, 
jumping from shop to shop, kind of like a pub crawl. Yeah. You get your little passport, you go shop to shop and okay. see how many places you can visit. So different fun things for our crew. So how many yarn shops are there in Massachusetts? Well, that's a tricky question. Are there a lot of them? Like, I mean, specialty like yours. I mean, you can get yarn at Michael's, right? But that's not... Yeah, not that's really not what... that's not the same thing. Um, so how many are there? Probably like 30 going south down to the Cape. Mm-hmm. Um, and similarly, kind of from Boston going up to the North Shore, about yep. 30. And then kind of looking at the 495 loop, uh, there's a smaller number mm-hmm. um, on that outside loop. So, Is there a yarn association that you guys all get together and... <laughs> Other than yarn crawls? Mm, probably, but I don't, I don't know <laughs> about not, it. I'm kind of busy. A, you're not a member just, yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just kind of doing my thing. It ends up being busy. So how long have you had Auntie Zaza's? I've known it's on Main Street. It's been there for a long time, but I couldn't yeah, tell. we just celebrated 10 years. So 2012 wow. uh, was our opening in December. Like, why do you open a store in December? Yeah. But, Christmas. There we roll. Yeah. yeah, catching catching the wave of the holiday festival and my birthday. Yeah. So that there we had it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you, and we'll talk about downtown. But I I believe you had, you were there before Farmer's Daughter and La oh, Cucina yeah. and oh, yeah. all of that stuff. I mean, you were you were kind of the one of the founding businesses of the revitalization of Main Street. Yeah, there was a lot going on behind the scenes. So I feel like I was on that first wave of the coming together of the intention that um, the cultural district had, where many people in the community were coming together Mm -hmm. with the intention of bringing the arts specifically to that little stretch of Main Street and inclusive of Oaks Ames and the library. So... Those very early meetings, um, I was part of, and I was also part of the very first meetings of the um, the Shoveltown Cultural District mm-hmm. or the the Shoveltown Artist Coalition. Mm-hmm. And there are about twelve of us sitting together, visioning like, "Wow, how can we bring more arts to this area?" Mm-hmm. And during those <clears throat> early me- meetings, I started percolating with this idea. All my life, I've wanted to own a, a yarn shop. <laughs> This was Were you knitting at an early age? And as a teenager, I started knitting, mm-hmm. and I'm knitting right now. Yeah, I was going to say like you'll, you'll most likely be the only guest I ever have <laughs> that is actually knitting while this podcast is going on. So if you're watching this, she's actively knitting. If you're not watching it, just yep. envision actively knitting. <laughs> That's good. What are you What are you making? <laughs> a little hat. Little hat. Yeah. <laughs> and how long will that take you to make? A couple hours. You're going to make a little hat in a couple hours. Mm-hmm. And you just... Just makes me happy. <laughs> that That is cool. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just... You're not even looking. I don't I mean, have to look. <laughs> and did you do a measurement, or did you just start and figure the feel and... Yeah, I know my tools. I know my yarn. So grab the right size tool, know the number of stitches. It's, it's very mathematical. There are four stitches per inch or five per inch, depending on what size garment I'm making, what and yarn I'm using. Do you already have someone taking that, a taker for that hat, or you <laughs> is that just for, you're going to put it in your store? And... Just put it in the store. I try to have a little bit of inventory, but it, you know, takes a long time to, Yeah. it's, you know, it's not like going to, 
I don't know, Target and getting yeah. a winter hat. Right? It's a little slower process than that. My grandmother, uh, growing up, my dad's mom knit, and that was our Christmas like every year. And she had tags that said, knit by Nana Peach. And uh, she'd make socks and sweaters and all this stuff. And you're like, oh, man, she's making another thing. And now you know, she's passed away a number of years ago. And we get these cold winters. And we're like, man, we wish we had one of those. Because the sweaters are, like, unbelievably warm and the, the uh, socks, too. But mm-hmm. I never really asked her how long it took to make that stuff. Because she just did what you do. She'd just sit on the couch and just, just knit away and never took a measurement. But everything always fit, which was amazing <laughs> to me. So, um, so. 10 years so you yeah. you've had you you've worked before this you always wanted to have a uh you know a yarn store mm-hmm. um you were getting involved with the arts of the town before you started your store was was it the was it this was revitalization and this getting together that that caused it or did you say yeah, the calling i guess an invitation several invitations that kind of aligning the energies of, yeah let's come together let's make something happen so through the invitations i showed up and yeah i'd say opening the shop is my I don't know, my version of let's make a difference in the community. Let's see what talents do you have and what are you willing to do? And yeah. can you show up? And then now is the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it's a little like skydiving at first where you just get on this airplane with a little dippy backpack. Yeah. A little flap, <laughs> flap of fabric and some string and you jump out. Yeah. Like, okay, now what do we do? Yeah. Because I'm not a business yeah. minded person per se but i've learned a lot in relatively short period of time yeah you just got in and dug in that's I awesome i just did it yeah make it happen and I, I have to imagine um you probably get some foot traffic especially like during the holiday festival and things but your store is probably you know a following based where people kind of sought you out yeah, they, you know, they had thirty choices in the area to choose from. Oh yeah, they saw you out. They came in. And they're like, well, oh. they come from like Connecticut. <clears throat> They'll do a day trip from really southern Rhode Island, from New Hampshire. Yeah, okay. so it just brings its own little crowd. And you know, people will say, "Oh, you should have, you know, little trinkets and doodads and gift cards and coffee mugs." And my mind says, "No, we just want yarn." <laughs> yes, <laughs> which maybe. I could get some little things to buy, but it's really about those fiber enthusiasts who um, are seeking that experience of the senses because you can't get it online. My little mm-hmm. thing's flapping. Yep. Um, that experience of the color, the texture, the even the smell of some of the yarn that people yeah. just really have the sensory experience and then that inspires them to get creative and to go in some direction. What's the furthest somebody's traveled to come to Easton to get yarn? This is furthest. Do you ask everybody when um, they come in, like, hey, where are you coming from? No, but I've had people from Texas and people from California. With the intention was to come to your store to... Well, they had heard about it, and then they were driving by to go to the Cape, yeah. and they come off and come yeah. see me. So that was fun. That is... Twice. That's... Florida, people, pretty regulars from Florida yeah. who do snowbirding up here when they're up in the area, people who visit their kids from New York, and then... You know, do, they'll just come and do you ship? Do their shopping. We are just about to. So people so you're gonna start shipping. So 
someone comes here from California, they see some stuff and they go, man, I wish I bought this. Yeah. So we're actually so very close to launching our website, which is like, oh, now we're going to grow the business into yet another business. But Mm -hmm. part of, you know, when the pandemic hit, it would have been really great if I had had that collected, but I wasn't quite there. And then obviously the pandemic kind of put a put the brakes on that mm-hmm. that end but uh i don't know I, i'd like to say within the month <laughs> so it's you're getting a new website because you do have a website i look yep yeah yep but uh this will afford the consumer uh the opportunity to purchase online Got for it. everything that is in the store yeah I, I gotta tell you you're one of the first businesses that I saw that was really kind of a cool thing, which was you have a community section, and I hope you're gonna have it on your new website, which you share all of the local other businesses in the area promoting them. Yeah. Like we all talk about doing it, but many of us forget about it. I try to do it as much as possible, and I know I fail sometimes, but you had made a conscious effort to put that, yeah. you know, right out there. Yeah, I, I, I play a game that is it possible every time a customer is in there who is, maybe waiting to be seated at Farmer's Daughter, mm-hmm. that'll tell them about all the businesses in the area. Yeah. So they'll come sort of looking, oh, this is yarn. You know, it's not granola bars and it's not computers. Yeah. <laughs> Which the fiber works kind of throws people sometimes, but I just send them around the corner to Paint Rust and Pixie Dust or yeah. to Dahlia's, which is new, really sweet little hostess shop and flower shop. Yeah. Yeah, we just had their ribbon cutting. They just yeah. celebrated their first year. Uh, I missed it. Yeah, uh, but the chamber oh my was gosh, there last they week. gave us the most beautiful bouquet of flowers too. That was just appreciated by all of our customers. Oh, that's cool. It's really sweet. Yeah, it's a connection in the community. Because if all of us are successful, then we're all going to be successful. Well, rising tide floats all ships. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I think Bill's House of Pizza is the longest standing business on Main Street, right? <laughs> They've been there forever. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you've got a, your slogan, more than a yarn shop or community. And just, I, I, this is this is also an episode where uh, you and I spoke on a, on a webinar, uh, set, like set up for the chamber three years ago. We've had a couple of emails, but the first time that we've actually seen each other or spoken was about four minutes before we kind of went live recording here. So mm-hmm. um, just your energy and just listening to you and just kind of your passion, um, you're all about you know, community and rising tide floats all ships and just kind of a really a, a neat, I feel like I could go into your store, even though I'm never going to be knitting or really understand the smell or look or color of different yarns and just have a lot of fun with you. Mm-hmm. Um, where does that come from? true authentic self <laughs> yeah but I mean, have you always been just, like that have you always been someone that just you know just spreads the love like to everyone that you possibly can and oh uh, yeah my kids say that i talk to everyone a little too much yeah <laughs> to, yeah. yeah i suppose i'm always like that yeah my kid my 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 oldest probably does under mm-hmm. you know so i don't hear it like be quiet dad but uh, my youngest hasn't gotten there yet but so so, yeah yeah don't embarrass me <laughs> yeah Oh, well, so one of my missions at the at the yarn shop is 
to create a relaxed, hummy atmosphere. And people come up on the porch and they literally knock on the door like they're coming into a house. And my mind says, maybe this isn't, you know, the best for business of this yeah. setup. But it's literally like you're walking into a little home. Yeah. And um, I thought you lived there. This, yeah, a lot I, of people I, think I live there. Probably wouldn't be a smart business move if I owned business. <laughs> you know, okay. But that the the Danish word hygge is very interesting to me because I love that. Mm-hmm. Hygge is hot chocolate with cozy slippers sitting by the fireplace, yeah. you know, with the glow of a candle. And that's hygge. So I like to create hygge because hygge feels good when it's just cozy. Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting, I don't know, what is it? A mission in a yarn shop to create cozy. Yeah. And when you walk in, it's cozy and people feel welcomed. That's yeah. what we try to go for. We're not very fast. It's not like Dunkin' Donuts with two minutes service. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think, you, I mean, we all need to do things for the money, but it doesn't appear to me that you're doing this. No, because you can you can get sweaters at TJ Maxx for seven bucks on sale, yeah. or you can spend one hundred and twenty dollars for supplies to make one. To make one, yeah. and it will take you about sixty hours. Yeah. So, so, and and you know, what's the audience? Because you said you started when you were a teen, and you know what the funny thing is, like when I think about it, and, I, and it's not to like stereotype or anything, but when I think of knitting, I think of my grandmother. Right, mm-hmm. that's just embroidery. My 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 mother's mother was uh, an embroiderer. She did the uh, linens with the mm-hmm. the stitching. Padding. Yes, and mm-hmm. uh, amazing stuff. Um, but you know, obviously, I didn't know when they were younger. So you know, is there is is it a, a nice healthy mix or is this a? Uh, it's a nice healthy mix. So we have a youth program there. My youngest student was three. Yeah. Um, Little ones are usually around five or six when they start. And um, I have classes where the youngest student might be about eight, and then the oldest student might be 15 or 16. Yeah. And there's sometimes where we'll do programs where all of the generations are together. There's sometimes when a parent will come with a child and take a class. And interestingly enough, there were a lot of fathers who knew how to knit and the mothers didn't. And I thought that was just a cool thing. Yeah. And the dads would come in because they had a grandma who had taught them and yeah. they had learned and they were able to help their child with um, their homework or their home project. Yeah, I, I probably could have learned to knit or, or knitted <clears throat> just by watching. And it's funny because that was, that was going to be my next question was, you know, are there, are there men are there that men come there? in? And, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, I even had a designer from New York, from Ralph Lauren, who bought the yarn at the yarn shop. That really? Was fun. Yeah, so you never know who's the customer. I'll have a teenage boy and a, and a mother come in. Yeah. And, it, and my mind will say, oh, the mother is my customer, mm-hmm. but it will be the teenage boy. So you never know. Well, yeah, that's the, the yeah. you know, that's the... We all love it. Once you get into it and you discover you know, what becomes available by doing it. But it's fun, it's creative, it gives you this outlet, it's relaxing, it's meditative. Yeah. What What's the most expensive yarn and why? Kiviet. What is it? Kiviet. And where is it from? I think. Where is that from? That's what I would guess. Buffalo. 
so all the yarns from the United States or is it from all over the world? Um, well, <clears throat> I think where's the Garkivia coming? A lot from northern Canada, maybe. Yeah. And it's that underbelly, the super, super downy underbelly that's incredibly, incredibly warm. <laughs> and how much and is, how much is the, what is it coming at? Uh, well, it's kind of out of my league, but yeah. I think it's close to maybe 75 to $125 for a hank, which might be 100 I don't know, let's say 250 yards. So that's the, the tube, if you will. They come in like a tube shape. Yep, a hank. <clears throat> that's a hank. Yeah. Okay. Yep, and you might need eight hanks to make a sweater. So if it's $100 a pop, that's an $800 sweater if you're doing a kiviot. Wow. Somebody might choose a smaller project that might require one or two hanks. An $800 material. $800 for the... For the material, wow. yeah. Wow. And you're you're right, you can get a sweater TJ Maxx that's... It's less than that. <laughs> how, yeah, you go, how do they do it? It's just the quality, well, the craftsmanship, the mm -hmm. handmade. I had Chris, Mill, Chris Mills from Shoveltown Flag. He's a friend and been on a couple times. And, you know, I talked to him all the time about his, his flags and, you know, how you can't put a price on them because it's handmade, it's one of a kind, and you can't just walk into a store and say, you can get a flag, you know, but you can't get, you know, handmade, engraved, wooden flag, uh, made with love. So you mm -hmm. got to pay a little extra, but... Wow, I gotta I gotta look that up and see uh, who's who's selling Kibbiet sweaters and how much they sell them for. Because <laughs> how long does the sweater take? Sixty hours. So yeah, forty to sixty. It depends on the the thickness of the yarn. So if it's really thick yarn, it goes faster. Few fewer stitches per inch. So how long would it take me? Not and the average I person. I love these questions. Not not me. <laughs> well, you, you, I, I gotta be honest with you. I came into this thing and I'm like, I don't know. I, what am I going to talk about? What do I, you know, what what am I going to talk about here? It's like, it's it's interesting, right? And and and, uh, but I'm fascinated now with learning about, you know, what the what I call the tube. It's a hank, and how many hanks it takes to make a sweater, and how much the most expensive yarn. It's kind of interesting stuff. I'm getting, you know. So my question is, how 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 long would it take the average person? Because I'm way slower than the average person with learning things. But if someone comes in, how long does it take them to be able to? Do what you're doing right now because that's amazing mm, three to five hours probably so in three to five hours you can start knitting and putting making, oh, if making i were hats. to teach you yeah i would teach you just the knitted stitch mm -hmm. and we go around and around that's what that's and what you're doing right now yeah within probably 10 minutes you would have competency to knit around and around so so 10 minutes so that would take it would translation for me is about three days so yeah that's good. So now you're just building like the, how do you connect it? So how do you close it up? Or, because you've got a, like a headband right now. Yep, it's like a little headband. So the stitches get mounted on the first row is the cast on. Yeah. And then your directive will say, join it in the round and be careful not to twist. Yeah. So you bring it around and just begin going around in a little circle. It creates a cylinder it's a little bit like each of the patterns is kind yep. of like a recipe is how I think about it. And there are just so many ways you can make a hat or just so many ways you could make a sweater or socks. Yep. Just it, like just so many ways to make chicken. Yep. It's 350. So was that Hank two different blue col blue colors or did you? Uh, it even put... has white in it too. So it's called an ombre because the color goes from dark to light to white. 
but that's built in the Hank. Like you're not using a different. Yep. Well, that's yep. kind of cool. It's very cool. So the yarns today are quite elaborate, and so you get like a rainbow Hank and make a rainbow colored hat. You could without, make with a just... rainbow hat. Yep. Wow. Just by going round and round. Wow. And so, uh, who do you go to to buy yarn wholesale? Like, are there wholesale yarn people, or do you just go directly to the source of the manufacturer? Or how does that all? I have some local people who I go directly to who either are dyers. So, Mm -hmm. I work with a few people who buy the yarn that's prepared and then they do the coloring process. and I have some people who are local uh, farmers who have sheep mm-hmm. um, and alpaca, and they uh, create their own yarn from their animals. Yeah. Um, that being said, I work with a couple of big distributors mm-hmm. um, that are moving yarn in stages literally around the world, which one would mm. wonder about that as far as the industry goes. Like the animal might be originating from peru and then the wool is harvested from those animals and then may go to japan yeah and a coloring process happens from japan and then it comes to the u.s there's one fiber artist who's very renowned and i believe uh that a fair amount of his yarn is actually from animals in south america Hmm. it's kind of interesting watching the movement of yarn yeah, this is an alpaca farm in was it Rehoboth or they mm-hmm. come they come to the farmers market yeah. every once in a while and they bring the alpaca. Yeah. And uh I got some of their gloves. They're fantastic and unbelievably warm. Yeah, and they're um at Simpson Springs that I know oh, that, that she carries some yes. of them there. Yeah, socks and socks and gloves. Mm-hmm. You knit alpaca yarn the same way as you do sheep yarn or is it because it uh, it's seems very soft. Yeah, that's what I was so it feels a, different, a lot different. It's a different experience. It creates a different fabric than the wool. Yeah. So um, there, it's very beautiful to work with. So for people who like that sensory experience of something that's so so soft that they're creating an object, maybe of a cowl up around their neck, mm-hmm. or cozy sweater. Yeah. So so, is there an art to the dyeing? Because you just talked about this gentleman that's oh, yeah, renowned there's... and like again foolish me you know how it's made shows i love because i have no idea how most things are made i just i just envision uh now a hank of yarn just being dipped into a bucket of dye and pulling it out and there's probably yeah. a lot more to that oh my um, gosh it's there's a lot to it so i i was gifted um seven bags of fleece from a farmer here in Easton mm-hmm. because she had made a decision not to go with this particular mill. She didn't know what to do with it. So I thought, oh, sure. And I pulled up in my little station wagon and she didn't think there was going to be enough room for me to transport her. I wonder, what am I getting into? Mm-hmm. I thought it was a fleece. So these huge, huge yard bags, my colleague and my daughter spent an entire day and they cleaned this much off of the top of one. Both women working all day to clean the fleece, getting all of you know the sticks and debris yep. out of it. And then it gets combed and carded. So all the fibers have to line up mm-hmm. so that they can be then spun. Yeah. And then once they are spun, 
then they get plied. So it gets, uh, let's say you're using a cotton fiber, can be plied with silk to create a luxury product, and then it gets dyed. <clears throat> and some people, you know, love the dyeing process, and they're all natural dyers, and they're growing golden... <laughs> you know, goldenrod to create yellow yarn. Yeah. And they love that end of the art. Some people are spinners. And for me, I, I like the part of alchemy of either, I both crochet and I knit. So with two sticks and a piece of string or a hook and a piece of string, I can make all sorts of fun things happen. Yeah. And you never get bored from it. Oh, gosh, no. I never get bored. <laughs> <laughs> it's hours of endless fun. Ooh. Like, look. Who could get bored with this? What in the world is that? That's cool. It's a little Easter egg that transforms into like a little dino crocodile. Can I see that? Sure. Oh. See, this is not boring. This is very fun. <laughs> this is a... Uh... Here's a little teddy bear. This is amazing. <laughs> now, how long did it take to make this? Oh, you wouldn't believe it, but probably about... I don't know, 12, 15 hours. I was, well, I the would little stuff it. is very fiddly, and you're on, you know, just. On a level of detail. Yeah, four little needles. Wow. Now that is. So did, did you just start doing this, or is there like a. I followed, a, I followed a pattern for that topsy turvy knits or something. I was going to say, is, there, is there like a diagram set up for these things, or you just kind of. Well, there are those in the world of yarn who design, mm -hmm. and they write these elaborate patterns. Yeah, that is neat. It's it it's kind of cool listening to you because the 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 so so many people are just into the end product, and that's mm -hmm. why we talk about you know being able to go to a store and get something cheap. And when you listen to like all of the steps and stages that it actually takes to get a a, a raw product to actually make something. There's a lot to it if it's done, you know, right. And, you know, you want somebody that's renowned, as you said. And I would never think of a, a renowned um, yarn maker. But that's, Noro. yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. Like I, who are you? I'm the renowned yarn maker. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to shift gears a little bit because um, part of what we were doing the podcast for was to support our town of Easton. And uh, you've been here for some time. And you could have put your business anywhere when you decided to do it. Um, you know what? What makes Easton special for you to have such a passion for putting the community page on and for being a part of the art cultural district and and doing all these other things? And I see you support. Um, you know, you support. You know, all of the different great causes in town. And, and then I want to talk about your your social media presence because it's pretty cool too. Um, but why Easton? It's the place I call my home. It's my community. Yeah. And I love my town. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't go very deep. It's just... It doesn't need to. Uh, it doesn't need to. It's, it's just I feel really, really blessed to live here. I think yeah. it's so beautiful. Yeah. There's so many little treasures throughout the town that um, just warms my heart. <laughs> That's great. I mean, that's, it, it, you know, anyone that's been here for, you know, a length of time, you know, I, you, I've been here my whole life. And so when I was born, you know, there were less than 5,000 residents and it was big pieces of land other than the, 
the village district, which has always had, you know, smaller lots of land, but it's the most historical area. And, um, you know, over the course of time, you've watched it, you know, raise population fivefold and all these different things going around town. And, you know, you hear the people, you know, the long timers that say, well, look at what they're doing here. I mean, why do we need a stoplight or why do we need a stop sign or why do we need more of this? Or, you know, the roads are too busy or, you know, all these different things. And, you know, you, you don't hear that genuine, this is my town, this is my home, and this is why I love it and why I encourage more people to to do things. And when the person from California comes to buy yarn from me, I tell them to go to the farmer's daughter to have breakfast or go to paint rust and pixie dust opposed to having that singular vision of, great, I've got someone here to buy stuff from me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, and that's probably what makes a big part of this town great is still having awesome people like you uh, not just choose to live here but choose to work here and uh and and invest your your life into you know this business which uh up until today i thought you lived upstairs so that's <laughs> maybe someday put that on my bucket well list. i was i was i was selling i was i was talking to my fiance amy about it uh today that i was that I was going to do this and she's like that place is just so cool and i didn't realize that she had even she she had gone there i'd forgotten and uh, we were just talking a little bit about it. And I thought to myself, because I wasn't going to ask her, I was like, Does, do they live there? Like, Because it's it's a house. It looks like a house. It looks like a, a quaint, comfortable, like you say, making people comfortable. I could envision walking in there and having hot chocolate and slippers waiting and, and having a, a good time and being comfortable. It's just that Yeah, or sitting spot. on the porch with a lemonade yeah. and watching the world go by. Yeah. It's, it's a nice location. Yeah, no, it's a it's it's a good spot. It's good you could do some good people watching, put a couple of Adirondack chairs out front and just just wave to people through the day. Oh yeah, and through the pandemic we ended up bringing our beach chairs and we just sat outside together. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you what, you know, this whole thing started because of the pandemic. What was that like? Because you couldn't have people. Oh, my goodness. You couldn't have people in the store, right? No. So two weeks into it, with support of my little brother, who taught me about how to become a Zoom teacher, yeah. I uh, helped probably about 50 of my 75 students to transfer from in-person classes to virtual knitting classes. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of tricky to imagine. Like, how do you, you know, how do you teach yeah. something that we're making with our hands in that format? But somehow we figured it out together. And uh, I would say, grace to my student population, it allowed us to break even during, you know, yeah. during those years because I wasn't making any money. Mm-hmm. But just had the intention of no, we're gonna. It's we're supposed to be here. This is supposed to be happening, and we're navigating it together that's amazing mm-hmm. yeah because i was yeah, I, I i had a hard time I'm, I'm a speaker doesn't i don't need to pay attention to how you're knitting or doing what have you I just need to look at the body language and see if we're engaged and having a good discussion and if i'm making sense mm-hmm. but for something like hands-on like that i mean maybe they're on the camera right or you that, that that had to be hard that's amazing Yeah, i had invited myself in like i'm not i'm a techno peasant but i invited yeah. my cell phone into the zoom meeting and i had these great big green needles yeah. with white yarn so that they could see what i was doing yeah and um i learned how to do like breakout sessions so i would research fun knitting videos believe it or not there are all sorts of yeah fun knitting things and i would teach them skills using um inviting YouTube lessons into the room and 
Yeah. It was wonderful. You have a, uh, we have one of the blessings that we have in this town is the amount of green space. I mean, you've got a ton of it around. You've got Ames Pond, the Ames um, Estate. You've got Sheep Pasture, I mean, within walking distance. And then you've got, obviously, Borderlands and a bunch of others. Do you ever do, like, outdoor relaxation knitting classes? Um, we've participated in the Harvest Festival at NRT. Yeah. Um, and we've... Uh, been part of the Governor Ames Fun Family Day that yep. happens in June. Um, I don't know. Knitting is kind of interesting because, yes, we do sit and knit in public down at the yarn shop or on the porch or yep. in the back parking lot. We've done that. But it's kind of like this alone activity. So in our yep. little groups, we would do that. Yeah. Um, See, I could just, I could picture sitting out in sheep pasture in the field out in the past the the new awning thing they've got there where most people don't walk around and just sit there in the silence and the listening to the frogs which is a ton of them now i've never seen so many frogs in my life uh it's a big frog year apparently but um i just picture a group of people just sitting out in their own space just doing that or you teaching you know outside mm -hmm. and because uh, relaxing i'm like ready to take a nap just watching, <laughs> you know hammering away at the hat so uh it's just kind of neat um no, I just I was I was curious. I don't know if they that that's like a, a thing, but I I and it goes right back to your comfort, uh, you know, the hot cocoa and everything. It's like my, what I my experience is watching my grandmother sit on the couch, you know, relaxed and it was she lived in Cape Breton, Canada, which they had like two days of summer, so it was always cozy. Always always cozy and warm. <laughs> yeah. Inside. Uh -uh. Inside. So a uh, couple more things that I uh that I wanted to touch on that I'm looking at here. Um <coughs> been in business for 10 years you've got your own you're redoing your website which i'm guessing you know you've had that for a while but you've got you know 25 almost 2500 followers on facebook is that amazing how'd you do that because i mean i i i like getting people to follow and like and everything else i i'm pretty vocal that i'm not a big fan of social media it just it's like a full-time job. And, and I, <laughs> I fall into a rabbit hole with it. So I, I'm so glad that Facebook finally got it so that um, you can have it so that when you log in, it goes right to your business page. It used to have to have it used to have to go to your personal page before you get your business page. It's like they know what you want, what you don't want to see. And they put that right in front of you, which is like you know, the controversial stuff, the bad posts, the angry people, all the stuff that, you know, the, the infighting and all that seemed like it was always happening right when I when I logged into my, my personal page. And since they've switched it now that I only have my my business page that I have to go to, it's a lot better. Um, but I, I don't push um, probably as hard as I should. But, you know, how do you get 2,400 followers? I mean, you're not paying for ads and all that other stuff. I like, think maybe $10. You spent $10 on Facebook ads. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> a lot. That's a lot less than I spent trying when I first started because that was what I was told I needed to do. Um, so I don't know. I, I, um, I engaged the community. Mm -hmm. I, I learned um, something about see if you can post in a way where they interact with you mm -hmm. and participate. So sometimes I'll ask a question. Um, sometimes it's a little personal so that they, you know, they may know of a little journey that's happening. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's me going through documenting a project. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's linking 
fun ideas that other people are doing or what the students are doing. So there's kind of a variety of different approaches that I have yeah. in the posts. And I would say my distributors have helped as well that sometimes they will boost posts for me. Yeah. You get, I mean, you have a ton. I mean, you just have like everyone going back, like all of your reviews, like love every square inch, love this, love this. It's like, it's like amazing. Uh, you know, the, the love that you're, you're getting, which is means you're obviously giving love and it's not, you're doing it the, you're doing it from a social media perspective, the non-traditional way, but it's truly the human traditional way, which is just... Just connecting. Yeah, just connecting with mm -hmm. people and and giving them what they, what they want and, and doing the right things and putting, you know, again, you, you've got, you know, promoting the Sheep, Sheep Pastures Spring Farm Festival. You're, you're supporting the Love for Lin, Lindley um, Foundation, which is a young girl that passed away way too soon. Uh, a couple of years ago that, uh, you know, you're, you're promoting um, a whole bunch of stuff and then you're showing, you know, some educational. It's uh, it's pretty neat. I just clicked follow. So I'm on number, uh, uh, what, I don't it doesn't say, just follow, I'm following and liking. So now I'm going to be keeping up with your, keeping up with your stuff. <clears throat> so where else are you? Where can people find you? Where are you? Are you on Insta? Do you do Instagram? Do you do any other social media? Is it just Facebook? Um, truthfully, probably just Facebook. Okay. Truthfully. Okay. Um, I have what's called a Ravelry group, which, um, is an online knitting and crochet community, mm -hmm. but I haven't been active in maintaining that. And yep. I have an Instagram account, but I forget how to log back into it. So yep. dealing with, as I said earlier, I'm a little like a techno peasant. Yeah, me too. And I just kind of figure it out when I figure it out. And it's on my list that, oh, yeah, you should get that going. Yeah. But I don't spend a whole lot of time even watching how I'm doing yeah. with my following. It's a task that I know I need to keep engaged because some of my customers um, communicate to me in that format. Yeah. So I just try to stay present to it. And always in the back of my mind, I have this thought like, oh, I should be doing more. I should be better. But yeah. I'm just one person. And I have a wonderful team of people working with me. Mm -hmm. But kind of my um, tentacles can only go in just so many directions yeah. at any one given time. So I just quiet my mind. It's like, no, it's good. Like it's coming along. Things are going in a good direction. We're doing good. Working well as a team. Mm -hmm. Well, now you can put your Facebook post. You can share it to Instagram without having to log in. I just found that out because I'm. Yeah. I, I hadn't. I hadn't heard that term before. But I'm a. I'm a flying techno peasant with you. So <laughs> they're interconnected. Uh, yeah, uh, peasant. Uh, yeah, flying along. Just um, so. But um, and you got a new website coming up. You get the. You're gonna be people will be able to order online. So you're gonna have it. You're gonna have your first e-commerce experience. Yeah. yeah, it's better than like the Chinese takeout bags that we were doing through the pandemic, right? Oh yeah, like, yeah. You can pick up your ball of yarn. Yeah, well, probably the <laughs> on the honor code, like people, I just write their name on it, and on the honor code, you know, no one swipes somebody else's bag. Well, the good news is that the shipping's not going to be expensive because yarn's mm -hmm. light. Um, that's been the biggest challenge with our merchandise is our our uh, shipping fees have just gone. It's just crazy, um, mm -hmm. and I don't think they're going to go back down, which is 
I got to get lighter stuff. Maybe I'll start selling Be Awesome yarn. That would be something, right? <laughs> yeah. Do make a be a yarn be awesome something. So, um, well, I think I've covered a lot. I, I, I think I want to have you on again some someday down get the road. <laughs> Maybe. Well, no, I think we need to do like a like a knitting challenge. Like, how long does it really take Josh to learn how to knit a hat? Oh, there you and, go. And do a day and just see if I have the actual patience and my ADD doesn't kick in, and all of a sudden I'm I'm knitting something completely different, like a scarf. You know, make, make, making a hat, but it turns out to be a scarf. That would be my right in my wheelhouse of things. But am I missing anything? Is there anything people need to? Any other ways to reach out and connect with you? What's is the the phone number to reach you at? Seven seven four two six nine six eight nine nine. Yeah, and you're open. And we're Wednesday to Saturday, so long hours Wednesday and Thursday from ten to seven, and then Friday we open at ten, close at four thirty, and Saturday it's ten to two. So Wednesday and Thursday are the big yarn sale times. That's when everybody wants well, to Well, or yarn. Saturday. Like people just, you know, they it's like going out and getting their milk. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the storms happen. Get their loaf of bread. Yeah. Their milk and their storm knitting. Yeah. You know what's interesting when we had the, uh, was it the blue laws? Is that what they called them? When you couldn't be open on Sundays and you, you know, couldn't be open on certain holidays and all that. Mm-hmm. People like planned out their time to go to the stores during those times. Now that they're open all the time, it's like it's it's at their convenience. And it's like, I think we need to go back to the blue laws where you just open, you know, a certain amount of time. And if it's that important, people do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, being open all the time is kind of tough. I was, I got my first job at Shaw's when they just opened. That's aging. You were, uh, let's see, you've been here how long? 10 years. You've been, you know, how long you've been in Easton? Uh, 34 34. Yeah. So right Shaw's was just probably getting open. Mm-hmm. Before Shaw's, Cumberland Farms was in front of it. That was that was the grocery store in the town, which was was tiny, which is where the Dunkin' Donuts and the uh, pizza place is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I went to work there and on my 16th birthday, you know, early 90s. And uh, they just started to be open on Sundays, but they had to pay us time and a half. Like that was that was kind of the, the give and take. And I can remember being like, oh, this is cool. I'll work Sunday for time and a half. And I'm, you know, as I get older, I'm like, People should be closed on Sundays. People should spend more time with, you know, family and family. all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, I made I screwed up. Um, I'm a big fan of All Town uh, Gas Station mm-hmm. to get. Uh, they do like the charcuterie boards. I always say it wrong. I think I said it kind of right there, but that sounded good. They make really good charcuterie boards. They make great breakfast sandwiches. They make great everything. Like everything that they have there is fantastic. I tell people I'm like I go to the gas station to get my breakfast sandwiches and I. They don't realize that it's like fresh food and really good stuff. And I ordered it for um, one of the holidays. It might have been Christmas. It was terrible. This was a terrible mistake. Uh, I purposely ordered it to be del- to picked up. I think it was Christmas Eve. I, just, I think I messed up that one. And uh, I purposely ordered to have it picked up the night before Christmas Eve. And uh, they called me on Christmas Eve and like, hey, did you want your charcuterie board? I'm like, totally forgot. I mean, I paid for it. It wasn't like I was, I had already paid for it. They just don't want it to go to waste. And I said, I purposely set myself up to not be there on Christmas Eve or Christmas and had it for the night before because I didn't want to come here and see you. Like, I, I didn't want to see that you guys were working because that, that just wasn't Aww. fun. And because uh, it's, it's tough. You know, there's this unrealistic expectation that everything should be open all the time at our convenience. And it's like people have to work there. Right? Yeah. So it's tough. Yeah. Um, so I think it's great that you have, that you have the, uh, 
reduced schedule and you stay busy and people come in. And... Yeah, we're figuring it out. I mean, we was one of the results of the pandemic where I ended up closing on uh, Monday and Tuesday just because of logistics and yeah. staffing. And then um, I didn't go back to that schedule. Yeah. Just took care of all of us to yeah. have it be part-time. It's hard to get takeout on Mondays. <laughs> restaurants, like a lot of restaurants are closed on Mondays right now. And museums. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, is that real? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, they're open on the weekends. Monday's closed. The Like the Children's Museum behind you? A lot of them. Huh. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to the Children's Museum for the first time since before COVID. Really? you got to go to that upstairs room with the floor mat with all the lights. Is it new? Nope. I get mesmerized. Very fun. I get mesmerized by the ball drop downstairs, and the that's. I could stay there for a couple hours and just watch the thing. And I like the cylinder with the fabric, of course. Yeah. The clean of what are they? Little pieces, squares of fabric, and the wind blows it up a tube, and then they float out into the room. Yeah, I saw that. That yeah, that that might be it too. <laughs> might have my museums mixed up. Um, yeah, the, this the children's museum for anyone that's not familiar with Easton is is in an old firehouse, right? Mm-hmm. An old firehouse, and they got a great property. They used to have a, a beer night, or they used to have some fundraiser there that they had local brewers and things, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just remembering. Yeah, different... and they they host the uh, don't they host the uh, Father's Day race? They do that too, mm-hmm. as you can, as you can see. Father's as you can see, Day. I don't do much racing, yeah, other than in my car. I, so. I run the width. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not the length of the, of the 5K. Well, I, I got to tell you, this is a lot of fun. I hope it was a lot of fun for you. Yeah, you were you were great. you were Thank you were a little you. nervous in the beginning, but we got that out of the way. I told you I was going to read your read your stuff, and we're going to have fun. And this was fun. I, I great learning experience for me, uh, and I think everybody that listens to this um, that started out with like, what are we going to talk about here? It's like now you know if you buy if you buy yarn, you buy it by the hank, and you don't buy it by just anywhere. You got to go to a specialty <laughs> store. And you can learn if you're if you if you can learn things, you can learn in ten minutes. And if you can't, you're in my five to six day range. And uh, now I've got a challenge that maybe I'll learn how to see how long it takes me to learn to knit and do an episode two down the road at some point. But uh, this was great, and we know how to get a hold of you. Your website is auntiezaza.com, and it's a u a u n t i e z a z a. That's nice. Last question: Where did Zaza come from? Was that Part of your that's name. That's my name. That is? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's, is that your? My nickname. Your nickname. Yeah. yeah I was going to say. I got it in my 20s when I was staying with my cousin south of Paris. Yeah. And uh, her friend said, Elizabeth, that name is too long. We're going to call you Zaza. Yeah. So. And it stuck. It stuck. It's what my nieces and nephews call me. That's cool. Yeah. When I told them we were opening the yarn shop, they said, Auntie Zaza's yarn shop. That sounds great. (laughs) And there was the name. (laughs) Yep. Auntie Zaza's. So for those of you that come to downtown Easton on Main Street, do not pass go. You need to stop in, say hello, get comfortable, relax, learn a little bit about yarn, maybe take a class. Uh, But if nothing else, have, have some fun with Auntie Zaza and enjoy yourself. And, uh, I thank you, thank you again for making some time here today, and uh, and I got to thank my guy Adam, who's wearing a Be Awesome shirt. He's not on camera. We can figure out how to get the camera on you, man. Got to get the camera on you. Uh, Adam Adam is sporting his Be Awesome shirt in the background, hanging out. He's the guy that gets it all done here at the ECAT Studio. I got to thank 
Uh, I'm going to thank every episode. Uh, these guys just are, are amazing. Uh, support your local uh, local Easton, or not just Easton, but your lo- local community access channels. Um, watch them, support them, um, give them content if they ask for it because they're doing some great stuff and keeping, uh, they're building a uh, kind of a, 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 what do they call it? You take the box and you put it in the, uh, can't open the box for a number of years. Why am I drawing a time blank? capsule? Time capsule. Mm-hmm. They're building a, they, they've got an Easton time capsule. That's right? awesome. They've got all this video content for all the years that they've been around and they can pull it out at any given point in time. I was talking about Tuesday night trivia where they used to give out the, they used to have to call in because you couldn't do Google searches in the 80s. Like, I bet they got tons of videos of that. Like, that's what life was like in Easton in the 80s. Pretty cool. So thanks to these guys for putting it all together. That'll do it for another episode here. Uh, I'm excited. I've I've kind of confirmed my first client for Be Awesome, who actually didn't, uh, he, he I couldn't charge him because I wasn't an actual business yet. But uh, Mike Haynes of the Haynes Group, now I'm calling him out because it's forcing him to have to come on the microphone with me, but childhood friend, and uh, we worked together for a period of time, and he's got a, a successful construction company. I'm going to talk about uh, the beginning of Be Awesome and uh, some of that stuff. So hopefully we'll have that for you next week. In the meantime, if you like us, please give us a uh, five-star rating and review on your uh, favorite podcast platform. That helps us with getting our uh, ratings up. We're currently in the top, I think, 2.5%. I think we crossed the half percent mark last month, and we're in the top 25 or possibly still 3%, but closing in on 2.5% of all podcasts. And there's 3.6 million channels out there. So to be in the top single-digit percent of anything is pretty good. Um, Follow us on YouTube. Check us out on social media. We're everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Twitter. Um, Twitter's not as active. i got to get to work on that. i got to learn a little bit more about that. And uh, LinkedIn. And in the meantime, if you can be anything, be awesome. Have a great day. To you from underneath the peach blossom It's time for an episode of Be Awesome Find positivity throughout your life and work Just like our mascot rooster, see the jerk